another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we get into today's episode, I really wanted to spread the word about one of the coolest games online that I've ever seen. And no, it's not Fortnite. No, it's not RuneScape. It's Pioneer. Pioneer.app is an online game for productivity. The way that it works is you go on, you make an account, you put in a project that you're working on, and you submit project updates every single week. And after you submit a project update, other people playing the game can review your project update and they can upvote it or can they give a vote for someone else. And it's all based on a leaderboard. You can move up the leaderboard and down the leaderboard. It's a game for productivity and it is so cool. I've been playing since the first game back in back in August of last year. And I, I recommend anyone and everyone to play. Now you might be wondering why play is it just about productivity and no, it's also about access. If you rank high enough on the leaderboard for long enough, you become a pioneer. And if you become a pioneer, you get access to an elite group of alumni and experts, ranging from Patrick Collison, who's the CEO of Stripe, to Mark Andreessen, who is one of the investors of Pioneer. And he's also one of the co-founders of Andreessen Horowitz. So it's about getting access to the holy grail of talent that you might need to push your idea or your company or your research forward. They are not an official sponsor of this podcast, but I asked Daniel if I could spread the word because I'm so, you know, into what they're doing. And he said, of course. So if what you're what you're listening to right now, if this sounds interesting to you, I implore you to go to pioneer.app slash join slash Matt Sherman. That's M-A-T-S-H-E-R-M-A-N. And you can join the tournament. And what happens when you join is one, you're in there and you can start competing. And two, if you join under that link, it's so I know that people are actually listening and signing up. And three, and let's be honest here, if you sign up with my link, I grow in the leaderboard when you get points. Uh, so, but luckily when you become a kind of a user of the product, you will have a referral link and you can share and spread it. So, those are the reasons why you should get on Pioneer. You want to be more productive. You want access to Silicon Valley. You want to just try something really freaking cool by a really talented founder in Daniel Gross. By the way, Daniel Gross used to be a, a partner at Y Combinator, used to be a director of AI at Apple. And now you have a chance to be a really early user of, of his product, Pioneer. So if all of that sounds interesting to you, then I really hope you head over to pioneer.app slash join slash Matt Sherman and start playing the game. I will see you over there. Let's go. How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to innovative founders about the companies that, that they're building and their visions for the future and how the two collide. Today, I'm so excited to be talking to Mark, who is one of the, the co-founders of Glide, which is such a cool software that I just learned about a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Mark, how's it going? Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to have you here on the podcast and excited for everyone to learn about what you're working on with Glide. So kind of with that, I'd love to just dive right in and just hear, hear about what you're working on with Glide. 
So uh, we are building Glide. Glide is right now a way to build simple, beautiful mobile apps from spreadsheets, in particular Google Sheets. In, in the long run, what we want to do is to dramatically simplify software development. We think it's way, way, way too hard uh, the way it currently is, way, way harder than it should be. Um, so that's our mission. I read a quote uh, at some point in the last couple of weeks that mm-hmm. you know, there's there's this X amount of ideas that like an average person has or an average group of people have, and there's like a very 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 small fraction of people that can actually build the products, you know, because coding is this yeah. barrier, um, and you're trying to lower it, which is fantastic. Something I want to dive into is yeah, how how are you able to build in an app with a Google sheet when I hear, I, I feel like those two are in separate categories in my mind. So can you kind of explain how, how it works? Yes. So uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about there, but maybe going back to, uh, to the quote uh, that you said, which is a kind of not, I'm not answering your question, but uh, sure. the thing that we found surprising or maybe actually not surprising it was part of our thesis uh but uh we were we were told or we feared that it might not be the case is that actually not that many people want to build apps but it turns out that uh that a lot of people do like way 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 more people than we even anticipated which has led to the fact that actually most people who use glide are completely non-technical and they are coming to us because they have all of these ideas that they previously just couldn't realize. But uh, going back to your question as to how that works. So uh, one, of, one of our realizations was that most, most apps don't actually do all that much. What they do is they show you data. They take data from you data display, data input, and then probably they do some relatively simple logic. And showing data is pretty easy. Taking in data, you know, that's a little bit harder. Um, And simple logic is something that spreadsheets do really, really well. Uh, And especially something that people find much easier to express simple logic with than with, with programming. And that that's where that connection comes from. So um, Glide uses your spreadsheet as kind of the backing store, basically the, the database for your app. And within Glide, you can configure how the data is displayed. When you want to input data, you know, which fields you have to enter, which additional things have to go into the spreadsheet that you might not put in directly, such as, you know, the current date time, because you want to have a record of when, when something was entered uh, and, and all that stuff. And then, then there is the logic part, which for the time being, we still rely a lot of what we call spreadsheet magic, um, which, which usually involves array formulas and your Google Sheets. And that's still the part that's the most complicated, but uh, we are slowly but steadily bringing all of that into Glide to make it both more robust as well as easier to understand and completely real time.
and I can talk more about that if, if you want me to. It's definitely interesting how how the two relate, and you explained it perfectly. Um, in that, like that's exactly you know spreadsheets are. Um, I feel like they're designed for this use case, which is pretty cool. And you just with your unique knowledge made it happen. I'm curious, what are some apps that people are building or or have built on Glide, and what are some apps that you that you think could be built that haven't been built yet? Kind of your request for product for you. <laughs> <clears throat> so people constantly surprise us with with the kinds of apps that they build. Most apps that are built are for some. Um, for some very specific purpose within an organization. Uh, for example, we had somebody give us a demo of a very intricate app that uh, they use for their in the printing business. <clears throat> and they get their customers, they have big customers who, who give them, uh, you know, they get a job from that customer and they, they have to print and put up posters in like 50 different locations. And they use the app to both keep track of all of the stuff that they have to do, all of the stuff that they have done to make records of what they put up and to also share that with their customer. Um, which, you know, which is, which is like a very special purpose app that probably just a few people need in this world and they could build it with Glide relatively easily. Um, but there are also lots of apps, uh, there are lots of standard apps that people do uh for example conferences are a very um are a very common one another is just an employee directory or, or employee information app where you have you know these are your coworkers, like you know onboarding stuff information about the company uh, then there are we had a few surprises for example <laughs> one funny app was a sheriff's department build an built an app to get information on a bike thief. Mm. <laughs> uh, and they told us that they had never gotten as many, as many incoming hints uh, about, about anything as they had from this app, which was funny. It was a very simple app, obviously. You know, it was just the photo of the thief and you know, information about when they stole the bike and then a form where they could you know, put in details. Uh, yeah, also some relatively standard apps, but used in very unusual circumstances. So for example, we had uh, people who were organizing the Hong Kong protests. They had an app to disseminate information to people on like what kinds of gear to buy. Yeah, it's uh, it's so cool that you're you're just, you know, as we just talked about, you're just lowering the barrier for someone with, with an idea or a use case to go out there and build some technology for it. How do you get the apps live through the, through like the Apple approval phase or the, the Android, or do you bypass that? I'm curious, how, how does that whole thing work? So, so right now, Glide apps are uh, exclusively progressive web apps, which means that they don't, they don't actually go to the app store. Uh, instead, you just get a link that you open in your mobile web browser, and then you can easily, with a push of one or two buttons, put them on your home screen as if they were a native app. Um, but at the end of the day, they are built on just web technology. 
I've heard progressive web apps that that word being repeated many times yeah. podcast and whatnot. And I'm curious, do you th- are progressive web apps are the, is that the the future? Like, do you think we're actually moving away from native apps on on Android and on uh, and on iOS and moving towards this this easier to build a, um, and lower friction progressive web app? Partially. So, Android is making big moves in that direction. They are adding more and more uh, facilities that progressive web apps can use to to basically bring them to par with native apps. Uh, Apple is very much dragging its feet in that direction, although they're kind of sending mixed signals. They are they are building out functionality in progressive web apps, but just very slowly. So the main the main feature that we are missing in progressive web apps uh, is on iOS and its push notifications. Android supports it. Uh, iOS doesn't support it. So that's a huge hurdle for us. So uh, I think it depends on a very large part on, on Apple uh, where this is going. Uh, I think Google wants it to go that way. It's interesting because Apple has traditionally been a pretty closed ecosystem. You know, go, things go their way or they don't go. And I, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they, if they kind of bend to what the market wants or they stand strong. You know, they've, they've stood strong plenty of times before, and I think sometimes they've been wrong. Uh, so we'll, kind of, we'll see what happens in the next, you know, in the next half a decade yeah. or a decade. Yeah. I mean, we would certainly want to increase the pressure for them to do that, but you know, at the moment, we're still very small. So I'm kind of curious to learn, like, where did you just get this idea from? And, and why are you working specifically on Glide? I'd love to learn, learn a little bit of the backstory and the why for it. Yeah, the backstory, or like maybe the, the company history is that uh, all, all four of us, all four co-founders uh, have known each other sometimes for, for a very long time, but at least uh, since our time at, at Xamarin, which was then acquired like about three years ago by Microsoft. So, so we all worked at the same, at the same startup. Uh, Xamarin was a, a company that, and, and the brand name actually lives on in Microsoft's uh, ecosystem. Xamarin built cross-platform mobile application development tools uh, based on C-sharp, which is, you know, Microsoft's premier programming language. And, but we had our own implementation of that called Mono. And I worked on that, on, on that lower level Mono part. Uh, David, our CEO, was head of design at Xamarin. Antonio worked with him on design and, uh, and Jason, who now does our front end. So he's responsible for all the, uh, all the beautiful, UI, or at least the implementation of it, he he actually worked on Xamarin's UI toolkit called Xamarin Forms. So he basically built that. Uh, and so we were acquired about three years ago by Microsoft, and none of us were very happy at Microsoft for a variety of reasons. We wanted to do our own things. And David and I collaborated on a side project together and that kind of got us talking about, you know, like we should do our own thing. And so we, we thought about making that side project into a commercial project. It, it was another developer tool uh, called QuickType. But we were never really happy 
about, we could kind of spin a story around it that could potentially be a successful startup, but we weren't, we weren't really, our, you know, our hearts weren't in it. And so we thought more about it and, and we've, all of us have been very dissatisfied with the state of software development, especially on mobile. Mobile development is just crazy hard and cumbersome. And yeah, so at the end of the day, you know, after lots of talking, we, uh, we came, we ended up with this idea. It seems to be good timing because over the last, you know, in my experience, I don't know, like maybe two decades or 15 years, there's always been kind of waves of this like no code movement, like, oh, we got, you know, we got Weebly, we got Wix, like no code. And then, mm. you know, and then we just kept having some of these, these waves that have gone in and out. But I feel like a tide is kind of shifting a little bit and yeah. we're entering maybe another wave of, of, of no code, but I don't know if it's going to go away. I think it actually is going to grow and this might be, this might be the moment. I'd love to hear what you think about what's happening in the macro world of no coding tools. And if you think this is the moment for the industry. Yeah. I think people are just waking up to the fact that, that there are so many non-technical people who want to do stuff. Uh, and the, the fact that there are all of these internet APIs that you can, you know, kind of connect together. If this, then that, for example, have been around for quite a while now, I don't know, ten, at least 10 years. Um, and, uh, they could have gone much further with it. I think they didn't, they just kept it simple. I, I don't know what their current state is, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly surprised that this hasn't happened 15, 20 years ago. We could have made Glide, you know, in a different form, obviously. Or Glide could have been made 15 years ago. There was no reason why, you know, why it couldn't have, at least, you know, for building, let's say, a desktop app or or a simple web-based app. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen to entrepreneurship if the the barrier to entry to build products is lowered due to this movement that's going to increase the amount of, of uh, startups in, in the world and innovation. I think that is only a good thing. Yeah. We've actually heard that quite a few uh, YC companies in the last batch were, were using Glide, which we were very excited about. Uh, I think a lot of people are under the impression that if they have this idea for an app and if they could just get the app to work, then you know their business would be a success yeah. but then at some point they learn that oh actually like i need to put a lot more work into it it's you know it's very hard to grow it takes more than just having an app that kind of works well i i'm kind of interested to hear a little bit about your um just your thoughts on uh, what's going on in in the macro kind of startup or technology movement right now there's lots of industries where I'm very curious what's going to happen, not for any, not for any economic reasons or, or things that are, you know, connected to me personally, but I'm super curious about where SpaceX is going, for example, something that, although I don't think that, I don't think that that whole thing will have big consequences within the next 30 years. It's just going to be, you know, 
exploration, having fun, basically. <laughs> People going to space. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I do think, so one of the big themes in the past, I don't know, 15 years of the internet has been this, this re-centralization of stuff of, you know, everything going away from people having their own home pages to now you're on Facebook or on Instagram. And I think, and, and people think that this is inevitable and that it'll just get worse. But I think as with everything, this is a wave and it's going to go the other way again. I think a decentralization is going to happen again. Um, where we will see people owning their own data in particular. Uh, you know, we've seen, we've seen beginnings of that. There've been, you know, these, these decentralized Twitters and stuff, although, you know, none of them have taken hold yet, but I think that is just waiting to be disrupted, if you will, or, or completely upended. Are you um, and with certainly, so are you familiar with are you familiar with DuckDuckGo, kind of the competitor to yeah yeah i think that from what my experience or my knowledge that is like one of the leading companies in that like realm of like keep your data you know what we're gonna be you know more ethical but they're also kind of they're, they're they're not close to competing with google but they're the closest search engine to compete with with one of the glass i think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with DuckDuckGo. yeah I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the role of search in that in that regard is. I'm more concerned about um, social media in general, which is like I think where most of people's data lives, or at least the the data that they that they volunteer or that they put out um, directly. Um, yeah, we, we've seen. We had we had kind of hypothesized about this early on at Glide, but we've actually seen people building their impromptu small social circle apps. So maybe this is one of the ways. I think people are just weary of being out there and everything being open, and and they want to take it back. So I think that's that's one of the things that will happen. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I think it, you know, it would be good to be part of that. Well, actually, kind of tacking on top of that, you know, looking forward for Glide, you know, in the next, let's say, decade, I'd love to hear about where you would like to see Glide go and and what impact Glide has had, you know, you know, ten years from now on, on the world. Yeah, we want to see software development as not this crazy thing that only a few extremely learned wizards can do as something day-to-day -day that's not particularly remarkable. You know, you don't need to be a wizard to make a new spreadsheet and you shouldn't be a wizard to make a new app. It should just be an everyday occurrence. If you have the need, make an app. And I think the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of, I want to make an app should be Glide. But 
even getting to the point, even if it's not glide, even if we can make, even if we can be the first wave of making this much, much easier, uh, I think we, that would be, I would count that as a success. It's all, it's all to the greater, the greater purpose of uh, democratizing, you know, development, which is, which is. Yes, democratizing software development, exactly. 100%. I'd love to hear about, throughout your career and how you think now, um, who have been some people, uh, whether it be mentors or role models or, or friends or business partners, but who has been, you know, pretty impactful on your journey up to the up to this point, and, and how would you suggest um, you know younger people in their careers um, leverage mentors, leverage friends, leverage connections to help them advance in their career as well? I've never been particularly good at that kind of stuff. Most of my mentors, if you will, are you know people whose books I've read. Um, and, and I'm a very, I'm a very deep down software engineering person. So most of this stuff is not, is not really directly applicable to yep. entrepreneurship. Although on the other hand, it brought me here. So I think follow your passion is, you know, as much as it is uh, hackneyed is, is a thing that's incredibly valuable. You're not, you're not going to get good at something if, if deep down it's not something you're passionate about. And I think there are many roads to entrepreneurship, um, but I think they, they will all come through something that you're excited about and not something that you're in just because you, know, you want the money. However, on the other hand, I would have, I'm, I'm, in, I'm a very introverted person and I'm very, I have the things that I'm interested in and I don't, I don't go much outside of that. And one of the things that I definitely should have done is go outside of my immediate interests, uh, see much more into what are other people doing outside of my niche uh, and build networks in you know adjacent niches so if i could go back and and mentor my younger self that's definitely one of the things that that i would have told my younger self to do but you know at the end of the day i, I feel i feel very lucky it, it worked out so far but uh i think i think i could have been there maybe quicker or maybe in a better place who knows? That's, that's, if anything, that's one regret yeah. or one failed opportunity. People are listening to this and they're super eager to, to, to build apps, you know, on your product. They're eager to get in contact with you or anything like that. Where can they learn about Glide on the internet and where can they find you on the internet? Where can they get in touch? Just go to glideapps.com. Uh, you can easily sign up, start with your own uh, spreadsheet or just copy a template uh, it's pretty easy we are very accessible both through intercom uh, as well as uh, there's a community that that the homepage links to which is very active well i have learned a ton on this on this episode and i i, I think what you're building is is very exciting and the movement that you're kind of leading and pushing forward uh, i'm very intrigued to see 
to see what comes of it and what products are built, what companies, you know, are scaled. So, so thank you for working on Glide, you know, for, for all of us. And thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on and taking some time and, and spending, uh, yeah, spending 30 minutes and chatting with me. Yeah, thank you for getting in touch. Uh, it was a pleasure.